Welcome back to the ABA podcast. My name is Fidos, and today we have prepared a special episode for the election season. In this special, we will be exploring how democracy in America has evolved from the native and early settlements governments to our current version of democracy. To do this, we will be taking the help of a world-renowned historian, Hoi B. Thanks for coming, Hoi B. Thanks for inviting me today. So to start off this discussion, would you please describe what elections are and what type of government they are used in? Elections are a way for people in democratic societies and representative governments to pick who they want to represent and run their nation, state, and government. So representative government is where the citizens, all citizens, get an equal say in their government and their leaders. Did we always have this type of privilege? No. But at first, the Native Americans had gender equality and even had a council system, which basically, which was basically a group of elders or leaders who voted amongst themselves to make new rules or improve existing ones. Everyone's opinion mattered and was taken into account through the council or community meetings. Did the English settlers build upon that form of democracy or did they do something different? Early settlements were a little bit more complex. When European settlers first created their government, only white Christian male landowners could vote and get representation. They had elections, but only a select few were represented in them. In that sense, they were not very democratic. It's important to remember that elections aren't the only aspect of democracy, though. Other factors like freedom of speech, assembly, equality, and religion are also very important. So were these other conditions for democracy met? How were they met and how were they lacking? They had a foundation with the House of Burgesses, which was formed in Virginia. It was a way for people to pick the person they wanted to make laws for the state, a little similar to the current House of Representatives. But as I said earlier, it wasn't fair representation, which is an essential component to a working democracy. Talking about religion, they did have some forms of religious toleration, but not religious freedom. Like, in the fundamental constitution of Carolina, it said, the natives of that place who will be concerned in our plantation are utterly strangers to Christianity, whose ignorance or mistake gives us no right to expel or use them ill. This quote shows how the settlers thought that people who didn't believe in Christianity were inferior to them, and how they only tolerated other religions didn't accept them. The difference between these two is huge. Religious toleration is a condition of permitting someone to worship and practice any religion of choice. Tolerating implies that the authorities have power to allow and not allow these beliefs. Religious freedom, on the other hand, is when it's your human right to believe what you want. The government can't take this right away from you. These were big steps that they took which made their government a bit closer to the now democracy we have today. They still had things to fix and approve upon, like religious freedom, equality for all, and fair representation. We have these things now. Anyone under the umbrella of Christianity were widely accepted in society. The others, however, only received religious toleration instead of freedom. People like Jews, Native Americans, and other minorities had received this treatment during this time. Women also couldn't vote either. So what were these people doing right? 
I get that they sort of had a democratic foundation with the representation and religious toleration, but was there anything that was already fully democratic that closely resembles laws and institutions that we have in place today? Well, one democratic process that they had were term limits. For example, the fundamental orders of Connecticut created in 1639 said that a governor would be chosen every year by all those who are approved to vote. Then again, not many people could vote. When they say all approved to vote, only white Christian landowning males were included. But the ideas of the courts and term limits were very democratic. It also stated that there will be two general assemblies and a governor cannot be chosen more than once in two years. The general assembly also had powers like being able to create and retract laws, change taxes and more similar to powers that our current government has today. Wow, so I guess they just had a lot to improve on, but they weren't as democratic as England, at least. One very important question that I have to ask is if people of these early settlements realized the undemocratic flaws in their governments and tried to fix them, or did they just continue with that unfair and unjust system? They fixed some things, but other problems continue to grow. One example of an unfair system getting sorted out is the issue with the proprietary government in South Carolina. The Lord proprietors weren't doing their job of protecting the citizens and instead taxed them heavily for land. The crime rate went up because of this and the citizens were left to fend for themselves, often crossing the line of what they would do to the accused in the process of finding the accused. This was very undemocratic and it needed to be fixed. So the people took matters into their own hands and started writing a letter to the king back in England, asking him to have direct control over the colony or appoint, or to appoint new proprietors. The king got the letter and decided to make South Carolina a royal colony. The colony was also split into seven different districts with each district getting its own share, courthouse and jail which was a great foundation for modern day democracy. One big issue that got worse was slavery. Since the Southern colonies started using a plantation system, more and more slaves were needed to meet the demand of labor. Rich white plantation owners kept getting richer and buying more land, then buying more slaves to work that land, which resulted in more crops and overall higher income for the plantation owners, all while white all while slaves were being kept in terrible conditions, abused of, and stripped of almost all human rights. The 1740 Slave Codes of South Carolina stated that slaves couldn't travel outside of the towns without permission from their owners. They couldn't freely marry, they couldn't meet together in groups, and any slave who tried to escape would be put to death. It's very sad and hard to hear these things, but learning and remembering prevents repetition. There was a lot of inequality in early America, and sadly, those laws laced with bias still exist in our country today, fueling both systematic racism and implicit bias. These issues can only be combated with education and awareness, which they are getting in this 2020 election. Speaking of the election, since we're doing this episode as a special for them, could you give us a sort of condensed timeline of representative government in the U.S.? Yes, of course. 
So the beginning of representation in America started way back even when the Europeans haven't even settled. The Native Americans had some equal gender representation and had created a council system, pretty progressive in today's standards. Next on the timeline would be when Europeans arrived and created their first form of government. This government had issues with gender equality, racial equality, religious equality. Really, equality in general wasn't present in early colonial government. But as time passed, they slowly became more democratic, adding democratic characteristics like voting, term limits, and religious toleration. As I said, only the privileged had these rights, and it would take a pretty long time for voting to become even close to fair. It's so interesting to hear that timeline. It really makes you appreciate what we have today with our elections. Thank you so much for coming and explaining these things to us. You're welcome.